Well, hello. We have a special guest today, which is, you've probably heard me talk about Jake from Wampler, who does a lot of the engineering stuff, a big majority of it, actually. And uh, Jake decided that he wanted to come on and yell at us today. Just what what have we done wrong now? Everything. Oh. Everything we're doing wrong, and he's tired of it. He's fed yeah. up, and he's here to give us a piece of his mind. I'm airing out some laundry. <laughs> it's going like, to get messy. Ryan, when I send you schematics, stop baking smiley faces on it and sending it back to me. <laughs> Those smiley faces are what sell pedals, Bri. We need to put more smiley faces on it's, circuit boards. It's the smiley faces on the components that, that really draws out the tone, you know? But you can't fit the smiley faces on the surface mounts. You can only fit them on the through holes. It's very it important. Takes, it takes a very large magnifying glass to, to really get a good smiley face. Did someone ask for a steady-handed soldering iron, fella? Because I'm your man. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Hold on. No, no, I'm not I your man. I think you're thinking of propane propane torch. That's what you... <laughs> Did somebody say you, they had uh, a field that need torching? I'm yeah. your man. Uh, I've, I've not blessed Jake with any of my woes of soldering he he is completely that's right. jake doesn't know so so jake you'll appreciate this as a fellow that's been soldering for years and years richard's technique is what i would call the plumbing <laughs> technique uh you know where you take basically a propane torch and you try to put like guitar pickups in your guitar and you're like all right i used my solder as a weld mm. you know, just a big ball of solder right and then you're like why is this uh not working the more anymore. the better isn't it that's oh, how things that work breaks my heart well that reminds me of my freshman year at university when we were designing speakers and all these freshman kids were dropping solder from an excess of 12 inches onto the solder joints to try to line it up and land that solder onto the joints really that's yes. an advanced uh, technique that, that yet sounds to try like a- that sounds like a friday afternoon to me that sounds like a good time i think we turned this into the solder olympics yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of an expert when it comes to soldering. What of it, Bry? What do you know about it? It's not like you've ever soldered anything in your life. Man, I haven't soldered anything for probably 15 or 20 years. Minutes. Oh, I'm kidding. But yeah, not as much as I used to. You know, just, this, in, just in the breadboarding. This provides a wonderful segue, almost as if we'd planned what we were going to do into your early years, Mr. Jake, because we don't know where you've come from. You're just a mystery. You're just the Wampler mystery. So you learn this stuff at school. You didn't start off on the building site with Brian. Tell us all. <laughs> oh, no, thankfully not. No, I got my, I got a pedigree, you see. Four-year like four engineering degree, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can speak with authority to you guys. So when, uh, you know, I, I'm like, Jake, all right, here's what I did. And he's like, why did you put this value there? And I'm like, hell, I don't know. I see it everywhere on the internet. Why not? He's like, yeah, don't do, don't do that. Yeah, don't Brian, that. are you, are you sure? I just wanted to double check that this circuit monstrosity was intentional. Did you like, mean to yeah. do that? I'm giving you an out. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know. I just Googled new schematic on the, on the Google machine. And that's what came up. Yeah, there's a new circuit designer. You just press that randomize button. <laughs> exactly. Don't give him ideas. Oh, you know what? Oh, how oh, long you've until done it now. how oh, long until somebody takes a chat GPT large language model and you're just like, 
Draw, and I mean, you can have it describe it now, but what about uh, combining that with the, what's, what's the graphic version of it? Dolly. Do- Dolly. What if, right. What if you're combining the two just to make schematics? So you're feeding it a bunch of data about schematics. You're like, spit me out a distortion algorithm, a distortion okay. schematic. I'm going to allow 30 seconds of conversation, but you do know, Bri, that you are banned from talking about AI on this podcast. Oh, I got <laughs> it, I got it. That's a blanket <laughs> ban. However, I am going to say the following. Every time I draw anything using Dali, it gets certain details really wrong. Wheels on cars, they're never attached properly. Toes on a foot. There's almost, right. almost eight, never the right number. Well, okay, have you ever tried to draw... Martinsville right number, <laughs> right. but, but not, not the English right number. Have you ever tried to draw toes or fingers on a hand or foot, irrespectively? Oh, drawing, drawing hands and feet is the hardest thing. And, and actually, hands are easier than feet. The proportions of feet are weird. See, I, I think that's t- what humanizes the AI, is that it also can't get feet. But they're they're too perfect in a different way. It gets the proportions, just multiplies the toes by a random number and doesn't join them up. Somebody's asking Dali to draw a lot of feet. I don't know. There's something weird there. What of it? That's how I make my money. You don't think I... (laughs) I gotta gotta live somehow, Bri. Um, Hey, you know? All I'm saying is... Is it only fans for everybody? if, If you start using Dali and the other AI tool that is banned from mentioning... To build circuit designs, it will give you like four-legged transistors and things like that. <laughs> there are four-legged transistors. Mm-hmm. Lies. <laughs> yeah, you get a little thermal junction off a off a body or something. You can make it happen. Do you have a favorite transistor, Jake? <laughs> mm, my favorite transistor has got to be the MMBT three nine zero four. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was always a fan of the three, but the four well, was a good choice. Um, I would try the six. Sure. The thir- 3906, that's a good one right there. <laughs> Five d- 5088, that's a good one too. 5089, just a Well, that's one if you better. want the deluxe edition. <laughs> but for the rest of us, the rest of us commoners, uh, we'll settle for the double eight. Yep. Jake, I found some old like photos and video that we took here in this room Uh-oh. years ago. I think we were watching Travis Feaster film a video and you and Joe Schoolcraft, when you guys were kids, I think you're still in college, actually. <laughs> you're both in here like drawing up stuff on your fancy little you know, laptops and stuff and notepads and just... It brought a tear to my eye. I'm like, ah, oh, the good old days. And we all sat in one room and stared at each other. <laughs> did multiple <laughs> jobs. Got two engineers doing engineering stuff. One guy filming rec- YouTube videos. And it's a good time. Yeah. So I how old were you when uh, you started out? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I think I started out 2012, 2013, maybe. So it was a while back. Yeah. 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. So, so 27. I don't think I was allowed to drink. <laughs> you were, which was before I wasn't allowed to drink, like, which would have been really helpful. Uh, working, <laughs> working with his lot. Uh, then there was one sermon like, guys, I need to build a deck. Let's build a deck this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I distinctly remember that deck and the little fish pond. Oh, yes. We dug a little fish not, pond. Not too. the legendary fish pond. The legendary fish the pond. Legendary He's fish now pond. since filled in. Yes. You yes, filled Jim. that in? It had to, yeah. yeah. Oh, that 
hurts. It, I know. It was invaded by snakes, and it Brian was. doesn't like snakes. It was much invaded like by Indiana snakes. Jones. I'm like, all right, well, we're done with fish ponds. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the house, mm, Amanda. We're moving state. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did not know you built the fish pond uh, there, Jake. That's yeah. uh, that's an yeah, extra you know twist. To it's a whole lot harder to dig a hole than you think it is. <laughs> like in the movies, the, it happens so fast. They're like, dig this hole. And you're like, all right. And then they just cut away and then they come back and the hole's got done. You think, oh, must be, must be easy. That's the no, magic of Hollywood the there. Sorry to with break the your... It takes a little longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't pay for like mechanized diggers, Bri? No, we rented a, a little mini excavator too. Oh, okay. mini yeah. I bet, I bet only you got to drive that though. What do you need the fancy uh, machines for when you got two interns? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the trick is you get free you get free workers, you know, free interns for the summer. And you're like, all right, guys. So first of all, we're going to be putting a new roof on the house. <laughs> like, but I'm here for engineering. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to engineer some roofing. This yeah, is character right. building. That's, that's right. what you tell them, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to teach you why you don't want to be blue collar. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that my engineering has. We... <laughs> I was going to say you it's good to know that my engineering has put a ro- roof over your head in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, sick burn! More ways than one, Bry. More, I know he hasn't forgiven you. I'm just I... letting you know that he's got a grudge to bear. Yeah, that's a, I know. I, get in line. There's a lot of people to do. <laughs> so, how old were you then? You, were, if you were too young to drink, we're like nineteen, twenty. Uh, twenty. Had you finished your uni course when when you started with Brian? I think I was right in the middle of it. Oh, right, right yeah, right in the college. middle, smack dab. Yeah. So, I guess I, I think your age for university is the same as us. So, you would have been like nineteen, mm-hmm. nineteen or twenty. Yeah. I think wow. I had blazing red hair when I walked into your office, Brian. You did, you did, yes. And it was a, I think it was a mohawk. Did you yeah, mohawk? it was bright red and styled up, going yeah. for that extra height. Mm-hmm. You don't need extra height. You're about like six foot eight anyway, aren't you? Well, there's a lot of competition to get that job, so I wanted to stand out. <laughs> ah, the, I see. Yeah, you was, definitely stood out. There's a line of people. There's a there's line of people out the door, door filling up the whole highway in Martinsville. <laughs> well, what Tractors was the and all. interview technique, Bri? How quickly can you dig a pond? You're hired. It was like, all right, I'm going to give both of you guys uh, some uh, some dip. Let's see who can spit the farthest. You know, that was basically the interview process. Are you from Indiana originally then, Jake? Uh, Yes, but we'll edit that out because I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. All right. So somebody's been on the uh, fungibles, Bri. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do know what you're saying. Yep. So, did you go to university then in Indiana? Is that yes, Purdue? <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a renowned university. I'll have you know. It is a very uh, good engineering. Yeah, that taught me absolutely nothing. That's what university's for. Yes. Teaches you to learn for yourself, though, and you've definitely done a bit of that, I would say. Well, I don't know. There's a, I mean, Jake says that, but I think that there's a lot to be gained from like my side and his side. So there's things that he's like, because he's like, you're not, you're not studying clipping, right, Jake? Like you're not saying you're not in college going, 
how do we make an audio circuit clip nicely for guitar? That's just not a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there's times where I'm like, all right, this isn't working. He's like, yeah, you got your bias all screwed up and your impedance is wacky and you got all kinds of crap going on that shouldn't be there. I'm like, oh, oh, that's yeah, not a as much, procedure. <laughs> as much as I like to, to drag on the whole university experience, um, it does teach you how to learn and how to be adaptable, which, uh, and it gives you the tools to sort of take in new information and come up with solutions on your own, which is, that I'd really say, 99 is... part of... 99% of engineering for sure. And that's 99% of anything where you've got a, like a bachelor's of science degree. Art degrees are a little bit different because you can just get away with painting red. I have a bachelor's of goat herding. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Went to school for, from which university? (laughs) Well, you heard too Uh, many goats. You're going to turn back into a bachelor. Goat you. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where I went. I'll goat you in a minute, son. (laughs) Yeah, you know, everybody's got their thing. So what was your actual degree? Electronics engineering? Um, yeah, electrical and computer engineering. Oh, no. and we, we, Just we've got two computer scientists on the show, Bri. Now we can write our own AI. Come on! Good idea. Have you seen this stupid GPT? Like, literally, it's called stupidgpt.lol. Was that the thing that <laughs> yeah. you linked in the Chasing Tone post? Yes. So, yeah. so one of our executive producers, Sasha Sir, had uh, posted that link. And so, you know, I got to test it out, right? So I'm typing in there, how does a, a how does a, what I say? Like, how does a uh, delay pedal work? And it gave me some stupid response, like, uh, delay pedal works because, you know, it, it you it allows a person to break the fabrics of time and go back in time to have the note and then bring it forward to the future or something stupid like that. And so I just kept asking stupid questions like, well, how does it do that? What's your sources, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And finally it listed me as one of those sources. And I'm like, <laughs> this is, uh, this is not, this is not fair. You can't list me as the source when I'm the one asking the questions. To be fair though, that is how you describe delay pedals to me. That's exactly how you told me they work. So this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, so I'm on it right now. Stupidgpt.lol. How does a delay pedal work? Delay pedal works by using the tiny elves that live inside the pedal to replicate the sound you displayed. Then they play it back to you with a slight delay. These elves are very fast learners and can even add cool effects like echo or distortion if they're feeling mischievous. This is way, way better than chat GPT. This sounds like ad copy. Right, so where? So I'm going to ask it, where did the elves come from, right? Like, that's the most logical thing to ask, I would think, because you would, if there's elves, where did the elves come from? It didn't just pop into reality. Um, okay, so let's see, they started sneaking into musicians' homes at night, secretly practicing on instruments, so it's, it's you know, it's stupid AI, right? Meant to be a joke. Hmm. You haven't been eating moldy pork sausages again, have you, Bri? I've accidentally ingested some ergot or something, maybe a bit, a bit off. Some mushrooms that have gone a bit funny. You seem to be tripping quite heavily today, Bri. Mm, more than usual. More than usual, huh? We've gone elves full tonight. circle. Wait, are you? Are you? So you're not supposed to eat the mushroom? You're definitely supposed to eat any mushrooms that you find. I think some of those will kill you. Yeah. I think they will. 
Have you ever tried one of those mushroom identification apps? I do. Well, <laughs> I have a plant identification app on my phone. Yes. Yeah, I tried a mushroom one, and it it, it was like, you can eat this. I'm like, I'm not trusting my phone. Right. I, know, <laughs> I know what stupid GPT can do. Yes, eat the exactly. mushroom, Richard. Eat lots of them. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. Purdue University, straight into Wampla. Um, yes, and if I may plug, um, IU sucks. If you know, you know. We'll be right back. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. I think this is like some kind of frat boy prank or something. There's this, there's this huge. Um, I don't know what. You, not really a competition. What would you call it? A rivalry. Uh, rivalry. Thing. I'd call it a domination. Between, but <laughs> to each their own. Between Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, and Purdue University in Lafayette, Indiana. Right. Uh, so it's just oddly enough, I live closest to Indiana University. So around here, it's like. Are you the best boy? Is that sort of thing? Because of basketball and football and the sports games and stuff? Sports are massive in American universities. In English yeah, universities, that, they're like, some people do them. That's what I hear. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever watch it. It doesn't appeal to me in any way. Hmm. You know what would appeal to me? It would appeal to me if, like, let's say we have any football. Let's just say football. Uh, like, American football, not the soccer football. And um, I think you should give people paintball guns. I think that would make it oh, more fun. Uh, that does happen, Bri. That's called paintballing. It's a completely separate activity. You don't but need see, the football. I think, I think the two sports should be combined into one. Football, American football, and paintball. And that way, you know, when you're when the other team has the ball and they're running towards the end zone or whatever it's called, then, you know, you have the uh, the crowd that can just shoot paintballs at them. You could add extra peril by making the uh, the egg that they're using as a ball explode with paint after a set amount of time that nobody knows. Oh, that's a good idea. We've invented a new sport, Bri. We have. We must trade. We're going to call this. it Jake Ball in honor of our guest <laughs> today. Of Jake me exploding Ball in a ball. flurry of paint, perhaps? Yeah. I should hope not. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. So, so okay, so long story short, so Jake's been working for us for a long time. Back on track. Um, I like it. Professional. Right. You know, we started out doing the analogy stuff, and then Jake started figuring out how to do the digital stuff, and the DSP type things, and then started creating a lot of really cool things and plugins. And the next thing you know, here we are. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, that, that, I'm yep. so Skip. much, so much more clarified as a I got result. real yeah, sick I mean, of uh, designing. No, I got real sick of testing hardware pedals because I got to get them in the mail. I got to set them up on my desk. I figured, hey, if I just do this in a plugin, 
I can just sit my butt down in one spot for eight hours in a row and, uh, and lose myself to the numbers. It's not a bad the, approach. The downside is we now have about 350 different plugins. Also not a bad approach. I'm going to start <laughs> re-numbering uh, them, renaming them Opus 351 Movement oh. 2. Classical music humor. Look, I'm not being oh. funny, listeners, but hasn't Jake just lifted the like classiness of this podcast by several degrees? We've got classical music being discussed. What next? Caviar? Opera? Mm. Waylon Jennings. Who? What? No, I'm joking. Of course <laughs> I know who he is. <laughs> Gets you every time. Uh, so I, I want to just go back to the the middle of your Wampler career. What was the first thing that you worked on where you like had that proud feeling that you'd achieved something completely different that we hadn't done before as a company? I would say when we finally released the Ethereal. No, when somebody finally bought the Ethereal, um, because every single moment and step up to that was a complete cluster. Okay. And so for that to come out as a success was remarkable. Okay. That's interesting. I, mean, I know, having talked to you casually about it in the past, there was some clever code that went into some of those um, spin chip-based uh, pedals. And that is what the Ethereum is, right? That is one of the... Yes. Yeah, and you, you had to do some clever stuff to stretch the capabilities. Yes, it was, uh, a, it was a joy to design, but also there were so many hurdles because it was the first, uh, it was the first time we'd done something uh, with digital code. And, and so when I say it was a cluster, not that it went badly, but there were, there were so many hurdles to get through that it felt like we were never going to finish a, a viable product. I think the Ethereal was the pedal that made me like completely go, I need to get involved with this company because they've literally just made the pedal I really needed. Because it was the first time I'd seen a delay reverb with a twin delay effect that just was easy to dial in. And I, it just so happened I'd bought a new tube amp that didn't have reverb. And I was like, wait, now I've got to buy a reverb pedal and a delay pedal. Literally within a week of getting it, the ethereal was announced. I was like, these guys are reading my mind. So it, it's serendipity that that is a, a good moment for you because I see that as one of our, our better pedals over the years. Um, certainly moved some boundaries. Yeah, it was certainly a challenge for Brian. From, uh, from the interface perspective, uh, which took a lot of trial and error to get something that felt right to use because you've got two engines running in parallel and you get, what, five knobs and uh, one little push-button switch. So to make to make something that you could use uh, was quite a challenge for for Brian and I, and and uh, I think Travis was maybe... I think um, Travis was around with that, yeah. Yeah, he gave... Right. Jason was around, certainly. Jason was, yeah. But so, I mean, this was before we were doing plugins, really. I, th I don't think we did any plugins for Ethereum. Oh, not at all. No. So everything was... We just the, yeah, we just shipped the prototype back and forth everywhere. Yeah, and so a lot of it was, I would be in Martinsville and uh, I'd say, hey, come on, come on down to the shop and try this out. And you would come down and try it and say, ah, needs more of this. And I'd say, all right, get out of here, get out of here. Code, 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 code. Come back so in. So the Ethereal was pre-Boutique Amps, was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I did not know that. Yeah, pretty okay. sure, wasn't it, Jake? Um, or was it right at the beginning? It was right at the beginning because I remember being at Nam trying to... Uh, that's right. With the first, we just had like the prototype done. Yeah. 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 And it was, yeah. <laughs> we were at NAM. <laughs> Something quit working because, like, you know, it, that's just the way NAM goes. You ship a bunch of stuff across the country in a pallet and stuff doesn't work. And um, <laughs> it seems like we had to go to a couple of radio shacks trying to find a soldering iron. And we we're like just going everywhere trying to find stuff to fix the pedal. Yeah. I've still got a little <laughs> saw that we use to, uh, cut open the enclosure a little bit more to give it some clearance. <laughs> That's right. We had to like mangle the enclosure. <laughs> yeah. I was in the hotel room. Listen to this pedal. Don't look, at it. Don't look at it. Just listen That's to right. it. Yeah. It was the middle of Nam. Jake's sitting in a hotel room, like soldering equipment around him and, and a grinder. And, and a, yeah, I, I had a like... grinder in a big box. that didn't get metal shavings everywhere. When I say this pedal was a cluster, this is what I'm talking about. Right. I forgot about that. This yeah, sounds like a, a rolling success, not a cluster. This sounds amazing. <laughs> so, well, so if you're listening, anything that comes out to you as a product, it goes through some kind of hell to get there. I promise you. <laughs> There's always some yes, it goes through. I don't know. We've we've had one or two slightly smooth releases, haven't we? No, no, none. <laughs> no, <laughs> they've, none. All, they've all had bumps. Um. Oh, that's that's so cool, though. That is very cool. I do love the ethereal. What I'd like more, though, I'm not sure whether it would be an ethereal deluxe, but I would definitely like a reverb and delay pedal that I don't know, let's say, used the kind of housing that we maybe use on the Terraform and the Metaverse that gave me all of those good bits about the ethereal, how easy it was to dial in, maybe a few more tweaks, maybe tap tempo, Brian, could you become what, Father Christmas and write one of those overnight? What would we call it, though? Would we call it the Terraformalea verb? This is why you're not allowed to name pedals. Remember that. Terraformalea verb distortion. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to add the distortion in there. Right. <laughs> Revstortion. And I can see the graphics, too. Just uh -oh. one clear label with white aerial font. Oh, I love it. Not even Helvetica. We'll use Microsoft's <laughs> no, interpretation no here. via Microsoft Word because that is a professional design tool. And I'll hear you nothing know, else. I think my job is done here. You know what I miss, Richard? As, a, as somebody who has eyes, I miss the uh, word art from Microsoft Word. Mm. You know, you'd pick mm. two colors and they'd have a little gradient and you'd yeah. slant the letters. Yeah, you'd apply the twist effect to it or something. Did they remove that from Word? No, it's still there. You can find it. Okay. But no oh, one good. uses so Word can... anymore because it's bloatware that no one needs. Well, that's the best way to design guitar graph, guitar pedal graph. We should do a limited edition series. We should call <laughs> it the Clippy series based on the, the annoying little mascot in Word. And it should only be designed in, in Word art by all three of us independently. And then we should just mangle the results together and see what happens it would sell literally tens of pedals we'd sell at least half a dozen <sighs> so many good ideas Brian. just not enough time to implement them i know i know so yeah jake for christmas i would like that pedal please um if you could you know pull your finger out stop soaring through enclosures and get on with it mm -hmm. there's so many things to consider you've got the paint color 
Are we going to use fancy Orange. knobs? Yes. What about the LEDs? There's the most important design constraints, I think, are what, what's limiting us. I want I, black, black LEDs. I despise the question, not, not because it's a personal, it's just like I don't care so much. But Jake's always like, what color LED do you want to use on this? I'm like, I literally care. Like, imagine how much you care about nothing. I, I care I'm actually going to cry in a minute, Jake. This is, this is so hurtful to hear this. You know that. It's like, how about, I don't know, what do we have the do most know of? Use how that. much I walk along the street <laughs> thinking, would red work with a purple flake? No, hold on. It must be white. That consumes me, Bri. And you don't give a flying fig for that. I am... A flying fig. Mortally wounded. Well... My thoughts are not necessarily along those lines. They're more along the lines of how do we get a little bit of compression up front and a little bit of bass, but take off the bass on the end so it's still crunchy, but it's got a fuzzy character without being too boomy. You know, that's, that's what I like thinking about. No, yeah, my mind can't com- compute that. Jake's not can. Jake's red, on both levels. Green, yellow. LED? Yeah, I've got to manage expectations between the both of you, and that is like herding cats. Someone's always disappointed. I'm mixing my metaphors. Yep. Like, I have an idea. We take a mini sized pedal, and we'll get an IR loader. We'll get a tube preamp. We'll get a tube power amp, and we need it to fit in this little enclosure. How, how do we make that happen, Jake? We make it a long <laughs> pedal. Yeah, yeah, it is a skinny enclosure, but it's 18 inches long. It's just, you know, steady. Oh. You're going to get a spraying in a minute. Um, I, I do have to say, from an engineering perspective, because I, I casually like electronics and engineering. And when I took apart the Corey Wong compressor and saw how you managed to get three circuit boards in there so neatly and make it assemblable, I was like, this is kind of a little bit like the Rubik's Cube for pedal nerds. This is a, a piece of engineering and art at the same time. Yes, and I think my greatest joy is designing something like that and then having Brian say, hey, can we switch it up? <laughs> <laughs> can we put another you know knob in there? What if we rearrange the jacks? Hey, I know I said I wanted a compressor circuit in there, but I changed my mind. I think it's going to be an EQ circuit. <laughs> Jake's like, ugh, that means completely throwing away everything I've done and redesigning. If you ever want to feel useless, design circuit boards. Uh, (laughs) No, design graphics for pedals. (laughs) Trust me. Get get emails back at midnight. I thought this was a podcast, but it sounds like this is turning into a support group. (laughs) (laughs) Again, like we said before we recorded. Show me on the doll where the nasty man touched you with his guitar neck. Um, we, hey, we speaking do of nasty to, guitar necks. <laughs> I was going to say, we do need to cover some rather big gear news uh, before part two of Jake. Oh, that sounds weird. Um, Brian, there has been some massive gear news this week. Yeah. Shock horror to go along with the Silver Sky, which is the Paul Reed Smith Telecast, uh, Stratocaster, given the game away here. Paul Reed Smith have announced the Miles Kennedy signature. I'm not a Telecaster, but I am a Telecaster. Um, I think I, uh, I, I haven't played these, obviously, but I like Andy Woods better. I like Andy Woods Tilly better. Oh, wait, sir. that's Sir. Sorry, yeah, that's Sir. That is Sir. Yeah, that doesn't apply to Paul Reed Smith. I'm no, it um, doesn't. Okay, so uh, 
let's see, on the Paul Reed Smith, uh, I would be, so I would be open to trying it, of course. The head, I mean, I'll, I know I saw a lot of uh, chatter on the uh, the gear groups about the headstock and, you know, just not liking it not being a fender type. That doesn't bother me at all. I think the things I'm looking at, like the pickups, the bridge, and uh, I, I'm not so sure. There's like a little cutaway on the, what's it called, the horn that's down yeah. by the Yeah, yeah, that little cutaway. That's his kind I'm not of thing. so sure about that about that little cutaway there because it's kind of I don't know what you'd call that angled I guess Brian is making weird motions with his hands which the listeners can't see but it's a little disturbing so I don't I so I don't know I, I, I'll I be mean, open to try I'll be open to try Maybe yeah so would I personally I'm not really keen on the neck and the head uh, the body does nothing for me the pickups look weird. Uh, and the hardware isn't great, but I think the strap locks are really neat. So I'd definitely be up for trying one. And I'm telling you, they got to put bender, a bender in it. That's really the next step. Paul needs to develop a bender for his guitar line. Hmm. I think the Why only thing they're really missing benders? is a bass. Again, Jake? The only thing they're really missing is a bass. Does Paul Reed Smith even make basses? He does make basses. He makes some very expensive yeah. basses. Why would anyone need to spend that much money on a, a plank of wood and four strings, Jake? <laughs> I meant specifically a T-style bass. Um, not that I would ever play one, so... <clears throat> he doesn't make a T-style bass. What is... So, Jake, so Jake, you're a bass player. What is your, like, your preferred style of bass guitar? Not, mm. not music-wise, but body style and et cetera. I am a jazz guy. Uh, in oh, bass style, so not in music style. I mean, it's all right, but that jazz neck, ah, oh, mm. love it. But I do and the love, offset shape of it as well. It, it's so comfy for a bass. The weight is brilliant. It's magnificent. So, are you four strings? Are you five strings? Are you a, a, a six stringer? I like four strings. I think there's something about using what you've got. And I can't count past four anyway because I'm a bass player. So. <laughs> Hell, hell, you don't need that many. You only need two of them, right? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) It is a strange dichotomy. The most intelligent person we have working for us also plays bass. It's like he's doing it as an experiment on humanity. Bass is tough, man. I mean, I know we give it a lot of of crap, but like, you know, all these songs that I do that I'm playing bass on, I think that the toughest thing for me is completely locking in with whatever drums are there. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just... It's uh, it's such a intricate timing thing to not to not play guitar on bass to actually play bass. Uh, yes, he, as an instrument, I don't have the timing issue, but I definitely have the expression issue where I always try and make guitar scales work on a bass, and of course they kind of do, but only if you play them in a certain way and follow certain rules. And if you follow the rules of jazz guitar, you may end up in a whole load of pain. Uh, but I massively appreciate really good bass players. So I rag on Jake just because it's literally the only thing I've got a chance of ragging on him about. But of course, well, I found in my bass playing, the thing that's been most freeing is realizing that nobody listens to the bass anyway. So you can play whatever yeah. you like and everybody will be happy. Oh. Well, I mean, so I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Cause it's not like pushed out front. Like this is the bass guitar solo, but without the bass in there, it, this entire song sounds so empty, you know. Oh, absolutely! 
it's such an important part of like the foundation of the entire song. We I need think, to give it more respect is where I'm, where I'm heading with this. I'm still yeah, trying to process a lot of, that uh, people don't listen to bass lines. I just don't find that acceptable. No, I think uh, if I could make an amendment, I think people, people hear them, but they may not listen to them. Does mm. that make sense? Interesting. It does make sense. So like you feel it in your body, like, ah, there's some rhythm, there's some movement, and it's maybe a little melodic or it adds, adds to the, the harmonic foundation, but you don't really uh, listen to it sometimes. You just yeah. know, hmm, the song's got some I mean, I, I come from, like, my guitar background is very much the power trio. So the Hendrix Experience and Cream were two of my favorite bands growing up. And the bass was massive in those because there's only bass, guitar, and drums, except in some of the later albums, etc. So I always, I used to turn like on my little graphic equalizer on the front of my little Walkman. I always used to boost the bass on that. Three bands, oh, first band all the way up. Got to, especially those little orange headphones. They carried such yeah. great bass response. Bass and treble all the way up, mids all the way down, boom. In- instant pro sound. I am something of a recording pro. <laughs> so, what's our verdict then on the <laughs> on the PRS? <laughs> I, I want to try it. I'll try it. I mean, well, Paul, send send Brian one. Send me I mean, one too, and send Jake I, one. I would want to make sure. So, I, I listened to the video that Paul did, and it's there's a ton of compression on that video, and it sounds it sounds a little dark and warm, which. Typically, that's kind of what I the feel I get from a lot, a lot of the PRS stuff. And with the telly, like, I kind of want some bright spank. So I'm hoping that they didn't take that out of it. But it's yeah. also Miles Kennedy guitar, and he's not, you know, Roy Nichols, for example. Who? Or he's not a classic country guitar player. No, I get you. That, that Telecaster twang is its signature sound, isn't it? You can't it's have one thing. without it. So yeah, let's hope that hasn't been... Um, muted i'm sure it hasn't paul is love him or hate him and you know it's fun to have these opinions about the guitars he produces he is one of the main players in this market he kind of knows what he's doing so uh we we have to respect that but yeah if that was enough sucking up for him to send us free models then great right i mean there's only one way to find out for sure and that's to send uh you know send units yeah many many units that's the only way to do it Good. Uh, other news today, Boss released a new pedal, the DM-101 Delay Machine. I feel a little bit slighted here, Jake, because this has got 12 presets versus the Metaverse's 11. They've gone one better than us. Well, like I said with the four-string bass, I think you've got to be able to do more with less. Ah, this is why I love you so Mark much. Mark of a true artist. Yeah. No, Brian, I love eight, this thing. There's eight... Bucket Brigade chips in this thing. Yes, the specs this, are remarkable. Is this like a, a $700 delay? <laughs> uh, 500 I believe. Okay, I should say, that they're not cheap. That is No, that is not cheap hardware to put into a pedal. Mm. Especially with the way, if you looked at the algorithms they've got, uh, it looks like they're rerouting these, these uh, Bucket Brigade chips to, to give you a lot of different flexibility in those effects. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? 
Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. And so they're controlling them digitally as well. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, are you, are you in that sort of situation? Are you using a digipot, or are you using, uh, you know, some other form of controlling them? Oh, Maybe so LDRs? so with the the BBDs, you, all you have to do is clock those. So you've got okay. basically a clock that speeds up and slows down, and that controls how fast your delay time is. So a faster clock uh, means a shorter delay time and vice versa. And then if you modulate the clock, slow it down and speed it up, that's your modulation built in. So you don't need any <coughs> digipots or LDRs. You can just do that directly from the, the processor. And we're talking, so yeah, we are talking clock speed exactly like a CPU. Yes, exactly. And why didn't Brilliant. we do this before? Um, you know, we just couldn't find any good BBDs. To, to pass the taste oh, test. We don't want to use that acronym on this show. We've got in enough trouble for that in the I, past. What are you talking about? We for, love BBDs. Doesn't All that stand for Bell Bib DeVoe? That's right, Bri. That's exactly what I told that lawyer. <laughs> uh, and there he is emailing me now. All right. okay. <laughs> That's another $200. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by this. What has intrigued me is it's clear that this format is one that they're spinning out because this is very similar in, in looks yeah. to the recent Space Echo they did. Yeah. It's kind of like they got the idea of, hey, we've got this chassis, we've got this circuit board, let's now make different delays using that architecture. That seems like a smart move that smart people would do. I do like that there's not like banks and a lot of stuff like that. It's knob-based, you know. You turn a knob, you get different sounds. I like that. I like they've that a lot They've gone for more. full labels on the knobs as well. I appreciate the fact they've managed mm -hmm. to squeeze in some big labeling decisions there. Yeah, something to learn from, actually. You know, you know, Richard? Yeah. You know, take, take... What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe don't... Notice how the font isn't the same color as the background? Oh, I so hate you. <laughs> so hate you. <laughs> I did have a funny moment this morning. I was working with my um, <coughs> colleague, Simon, and we're working on the graphics for an upcoming pedal. And I told him the color of the pedal and the color of the, uh, like, ink to use for the graphics. And he got the two very confused and ended up giving me these wildly multicolor graphics that would, like, in no way work with the housing we've chosen. I was like, mm, yeah. This is why you don't earn the big bucks right now. You're just not listening to me, boy. No, he's brilliant. He's done some really interesting stuff. But yeah, graphics. Mm, I love them. Hmm. Well, let's, if we could switch gears a little bit. So, Jake, yes. you've been playing in a band lately. I mean, you've played a, band, a lot of bands all the time, but your current band is called Lo Tone Loke? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> nope, that's not it. L Lock Jossum. Yes. Why is it all jumbled up in the notes? Who did that? I spelled That's... it very clearly for this big debut. And you guys... I wrote Lock Jawsome because <laughs> you are Lock Jawsome. 
Well, thank you. The I band just is got called my Lock tetanus. Bri. Huh? It, it's like dueling, dueling people right there. The band is called Lockjaw, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And, and what kind of music would you call it? Mm. Like, would you call it Doom? No, it's not Doom. It's more like industrial, but more on the rock side than the electronic side. It's kind of like a sort of synth pop, operatic jazz funk kind of thing, Brian. You might like it. And yeah, you guys have been playing some big venues, though. You guys have been doing some big gigs, though. Yeah, we played a little bit in, you know, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison. Playing Summerfest in a couple weeks, which is just starting tomorrow, I think. Where is uh, Summerfest? It's in in Milwaukee. It's billed as the world's largest music festival, um, which I think is a questionable claim. Um, But it's right along the lake. When are y'all coming to the Bartonsville uh, VFW? It's mm, a good question. Uh, you got to put that on the map first. But see, um, there's o- there's only certain songs you're allowed to play at the Martinsville VFW. And what does VFW mean? Veterans of Foreign Wars. It's um, okay. Yeah, I get it. No, the words yeah, tell me everything I need to know. Yeah, it's like a, you know, like a little bar that the British Legion Club would call it over here. Probably something like that. Yeah, and it's but it's a great place to play the country and western music. You got to play the Burls. Got to play the Waylands. Got to play mm-hmm. the Willies. Probably couldn't yeah. get away with playing a song called Porno Face. No. And, <laughs> no. And, and let me say, no. Bri, no. it is because of your penchant for playing the willies that you got in trouble with those police officers. Let me tell you now. <laughs> Apparently, uh, they don't like you play with the willies stuff. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 Porno Face. What? That's this song, Porno Face, right? Porno Face? Mm-hmm. It's not our only song. Is it a, like a romance song? It, you could call it, it a love that. Song? A love yeah. ballad? Yeah. Okay. It's Sensitive love ballad between two young lovebirds. No, we don't play that one uh, very often because it's a bit much. Uh, have you guys done any recording? Yeah, we, uh, we just did uh, an EP th- over the winter that we released, I want to say, in April. But, so what was the recording process like for that? Did you home studio it or did you go somewhere or what did you do? Yeah, that was all all home studio. So the the principal songwriter, um, he had most of the tracks written out, and then uh, I was able to record all of my bass lines here in my own home studio uh, because I have all the gear for for work. Um, mm-hmm. So that was very convenient for me. So I got to just plink around as long as I needed to to send him some tracks, and yeah. then the guitar player did the same thing, and then the two of them got together and mixed it into something nice. Oh, cool. Very interesting. How did you do the drums? I want to say that most of those were sampled, I believe. Really? Yeah, so we ran mostly mostly samples for the drums. Interesting. So I, I just downloaded Easy Drummer 3. You're, you're I recommended that, right? that to someone the other day, actually. Yep. There's things so between that and Logic Pro, like there's some things I like about the Logic Pro drummer, some things I like about the Easy drummer, and I wish I could. So this last thing I did, I had to actually combine the two drummers together to get what I wanted. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, there's the snare sound and the overheads on the Easy Drummer Three, at least for the Nashville pack. Just I'm not a fan of them. They just they're not doing what I want them to do. They, they have That's a sound. That's a common that, production technique, though. 
especially with like acoustic drums, people will overlay acoustic drums with an electronic drum part to get the snap, to get the, mm-hmm. the, the, the real frequency response. But you can't beat the ambience from certain kits for, for reverb and for some kind of sizzle out there. Right. So that's actually probably a pretty cool technique for getting a good full drum sound mixing those two. I just, just find it hard now. to use virtual drummers when I just think I'm just going to go behind and hit, well, hit some you, skins. You I'm want, just not very good at it. Two anymore. things, though. You play drums. Badly. And you also have a drum set that's <laughs> That helps, up. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that does help a lot. Yeah. But an electronic drum set is really worth getting with a MIDI trigger bar because you could pick one up pretty quickly. Yeah, I've got a little electronic <laughs> drum set. The problem is I don't play drums all the time. Right. No, one, my, I don't have great timing. I don't have great chops. I can play like this straight 4-4 beat, not too much more. Okay, but yeah. still you can kind of sketch with it and quantize it and suddenly you sound like you actually yeah, know what you're doing. I mean, so. To be honest, like, you know, all those dumb TikTok songs I do, there's times where I'll pull that kid out because I need a fill mm-hmm. and I can't find the, a fill that will fit and I'll just do something that sounds like a fill and I'll quantize it and I'm like, that'll work. You know, and I'll just insert that into the MIDI file. But So when you're, when you're recording your bass, Jake... A, what are you using to take it in? Are you going straight into the DAW? Did you say I, I forget? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I run uh, basically a DI out from my pedal board, which has got like two pedals on it, and then I run the DI out of my amp, which the DI from the, the Fender, the newer Fender Rumble, like it works for me. It's it's pretty good yeah. when mixed with the the DI, uh, the straight DI. So I've been having a blast with that. I've actually got the little Junior writing, Fender Rumble. It's a good, good amp. Mm-hmm. I've ended up writing everything on piano first, though, and I'm not a piano player, but I found it was a little more freeing to write just the the bass parts in something completely foreign from the guitar itself. That way, uh, it takes away any of the preconceived notions. I'm like, oh, this is what a bass line should be for this. Um, and I got to write some pretty fun stuff that way. That's a really good good idea as well. I mean, I... A lot of musicians I talk to say, if you really want to understand scales, if you really want to understand composition, you should learn to play piano a bit because it's logical. It's laid out in steps that you can see and it makes so much more sense to the brain compared to this string is starting on this note, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But that's really interesting that you found it freeing. What plugins do you use in your DAW to round out your bass? Mm -hmm. A noise gate. That's very important. <laughs> no, uh, luckily I didn't have to do any of the mixing, so I just I just tracked it and uh, sent it out. So you didn't do any of the compression or anything on your bass. You gave that to your producer, dude, to to do. Yeah, for it you. seemed like the most logical thing to do. So I just made sure I got good tracks, and uh, he got back to me and he said, you know, with just a little bit of compression, a little EQ was all he ended up doing. So I'm big into the get it right the first time and. Uh, make it easier for everyone down the road. Nice. When you guys play out, do you play to a click or anything like that? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a super high tech iPod from like the late two thousands that's got a stereo channel, one for the drummer and then one for the front of house. Hmm. So he's got nice. his click, and then we follow along to him. Do you uh, do you put the click out for the audience to hear too to know if you're in time or not? <laughs> you know, actually, funny enough, one of the first uh, one of the first songs in our set, I think it was no, the the last song in our set, it's got a little bit of click bleed over from uh, from whenever whatever 
project file was made. It had a little click bleed over so the audience would hear four clicks. And it wasn't until recently that I went ahead and fixed that. But oh, that drove me nuts hearing click, 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 click. Oh, I bet. Uh. You know what, what you could do is just trigger that, those clicks to a, uh, you know, like a hi-hat sound. Mm-hmm. The way the audience thinks it's supposed to be there. Yeah, just get the you drummer like, cowbell. okay, you got to hit those clicks right away on the, on the hats. Just, if you're using cowbell, it's just straight cowbell the whole time. It's I did a fun, I did I like a fun trick uh, because the, we didn't, so we didn't have the original project file, so I had just the stereo file um, to fix. And so I ended up taking, I sampled the first four clicks in that file and then subtracting them from the whole channel, um, which mathematically removed the click from the entire, uh, output side of that channel. Um, so the, the rest of the song was also clean. It had some clicks in there too. So the power of math. See, this is why we don't need artificial intelligence, Bry. We've got Jake. Jake is basically human intelligence which is far better than artificial that, that hey, is very me, clever so let me try this let me try this hey jake can you write me a youtube script about the differences between the boss D- ds1 and the sd1 yes so in the boss ds1 they line up about a dozen no, elves it. you're already off you're supposed to say as a large language model <laughs> That's that's how you got to start it out first. As a large, well, I'm a small language model. I know just one. <laughs> so as a small language model, you're going to take a dozen elves and line them up, and they're all just going to scream just a little bit, depending on your gain knob setting. And in the SD one, you're just going to line them up in reverse. Hmm. That makes but sense. But it is to very me. elven based. So, do you have much of a fan base in your band? Because you do look like the kind of band that is going to pull a younger fan base um, towards them. You, you dress up, you wear the uh, the makeup, the hair, the chains. It's almost bondage-like, I'm going to say, Bri, if you've not seen it. Uh, like does that have, a, have a good following? Uh, I'd say it's got a pretty decent... Uh, we, have, we have some dedicated fans because the band itself has been around for 20 years with different yeah, right. members coming in and out. And so I'll, I'll play a show and then somebody will come up and say... Hey man, I saw your band like ten years ago, and I'm like, I was a child ten years ago, so you certainly didn't see me. <laughs> um, but everybody's so you do been super wear all great. The, the chains and the leather, though, right? I'm probably a little lighter on on some of the styling than uh, I know maybe. a guy. He's got a garage full of leather collars with like Swarovski crystals. I could get you a really good deal, man. Really <laughs> I mean, yeah, good deal. Yeah, they're sized for a dog. I mean, yeah, yeah sure, there's that. They're okay. big dogs, Brian. They're big dogs. <laughs> I can make chains and everything. They just all have, like, maybe, bones on maybe them. Maybe that's what you need to do with the dog collar business. Maybe you need to transition into industrial bands and stuff. And you know, well, I'm so. trying to work the angle with Jake here. It's, it's going well, I think. Yeah, Brian. tell think your friend, you can... Richard. Tell your friend I might give him a call. <laughs> okay, yeah, I will. If you can get Jake to make it cool and accept it among that community, then you're on your way. I, joking aside, I absolutely love the image of the band and the music. I have been following them on Facebook since Jake joined, and it is kind of in my wheelhouse musically, certainly from my past. And I just look at Jake and think, you are literally my hero, Jake. You know that? I do look <laughs> at you and think, if only I could be more like you on a daily basis. Let's well, see if I can break stupid. this. 
Let's see if I can put this. Jake, Jake, what's your thoughts on Pink Floyd and David Gilmour? Uh, it's something. It, it really is something if I had to define it. So what's your thoughts on Jake now, Richard? I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. You know, they made oh. music and you could really, that's really something to say about them. They made the best music. <laughs> no, um, listeners, go look out for Lockjaw. And if they are playing in your state, then go and watch them because that is quite the show. Do you have like a, a special lights guy or anyone, or do you just use house guys to do stuff like that? Because your show looks really well put together from what I've seen. Yeah, we've got our drummer has a whole MIDI, uh, a DMX, sorry, light system that's nice. set up to, to run I know what the those letters mean. <laughs> in the past, I did lighting. Does he have gobos? See? Oh! Perhaps. I, uh, I don't know that one. Not a light guy. Is that like I, a little camera think, you use? I, I think it's like the the, the, the little like, slide of color you put in front of a light. So it's like the worst thing I could have picked, but hey. Hmm. Why don't you just tint it in your editing software? What? Yeah, it's why don't you just tint the color? Editing? You need it, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, why use a GoPro for that? GoPro you in a minute. When, when is your next show, Jake? When can people catch you live? You can catch us live in uh, July 6th, 7th, and 8th. We're playing Madison, then Chicago, then Summerfest. And who's headlining Summerfest? Oh, it's, well, you, oh, you are not familiar with Summerfest at all, are you? It's a, it's straight, it spans over three weekends. Um, so there's a lot of great artists playing. I think on our stage, following us is Tesla then saliva, Whoa. then Buck Elon Cherry. Musk, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sorry, did you say Survivor? Saliva. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I am the tiger. That's a big band. Tesla's man. a big band. Te- yeah. Tesla were right up there in in the eighties with all the big metal bands, right? Yeah, I'm looking Tesla. forward to seeing that uh, that cage fight that they've got with uh, Zuck. Oh, such a smooth segue. I was like, how are we going to do it? And he did it for me, Bri. I don't even know what you're talking about. Look at the BBC link next to Zuck versus Musk. Yeah, yeah. I woke up to this news this morning, and I swear I thought I had died and gone to some kind of weird ultimate hell. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg agreed to hold a cage fight? (laughs) That's fantastic. My money's on Zuck. I think my money's on Zuck. He's in good shape. Mine's He's on, like a jujitsu person. I, uh, like Mark's got the experience, but I, I think Musk is just going to sit on him. He's going to pull out not a flamethrower and, and, <laughs> and just like shoot him. No, I, I haven't got brass knuckles on. These are not brass knuckles from the really useful company. No, Zuck's going to, Zuck's going to like, He's going to be capoeiraing around him while Musk is in the biddle trying to kind of like punch like butterball. That's how I see it. Brian's wow. Googling. Yeah, that's, um, that's something because you have 52-year-old Musk, 39-year-old Mark Zuckerberg. You know, there's a big difference in age. Once you get in your 40s, that's a big difference between your 30s and your 50s. 
Yeah. Yep. I would not take on a 39-year-old at my age. I predict uh, predict that Musk is probably going to try to capitalize it on some way and ruin it. And I don't know. I still think Mark Zuckerberg is going to win. But, I mean, this is kind of like the modern-day equivalent, right, of like, I don't know, Henry Ford and name another big industrialist out in America in the 1900s. I don't know. Um, Kellogg. William Kellogg and Henry Ford having a duel with pistols. This is the modern day equivalent. Musk and Zucks fighting in the cage. I can't wait. That would be cool. I think that's the only fight where I want to see everybody lose. <laughs> Maybe you just put a bear in there with them. You know? <laughs> Uh, that might not be a legal move. <laughs> the introduction of a bear. <laughs> We're having this in Martinsville. You do know that it's... Oh, that'd be fantastic. On no, a courthouse lawn. Vegas octagon, baby. <laughs> We're going to be betting on this. That'd be fantastic. Well, it's already uh, an hour into this. So, um, you know what we should do? We should probably call it a day so I can, uh, you know, do my thing. And... Uh, also, we need to give a shout out to the executive producers before we go to the amazing Patreon episode. Um, this week, we're having a good friend of the show, Jake Young, different Jake, on the Patreon. But anyways, today we need to give a shout out to our executive producers who make this possible. And uh, you know what, Jake? Usually, usually we take turns doing it. I'd like to hear your take on it. I gotta do is just, just... Just say the name in an interesting way. That's all you got to do. Oh, in your beautiful, deep, Barry White-like voice. That's all yeah. we need. No, yeah. no, make, no make extra sex. sauce. Make a sell, sell the sex. Make do you, want sex. Me to, you want me to start at the very top of this, this long list, starting with the bees? That yep. is correct. Bill Bays. All right. Bill Bays. Jake Young. Justin Burke. David Tyndall. Night Hoss. Dave Trombetti, Shannon Weaver, and the band Reduced to Rust, Eric Wilson, Vidar Frostad. <laughs> He's gonna I feel like butcher that one, didn't I? He did this fantastic. I do every week. Yeah, that, that's our in joke. Uh, where did I leave off? Michael, um, Michael Freer. Freer. Michael Freer. Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring. Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks. Patrice Fournays. DJ Patty F. Dylan Talks Tone. Strand. Kevin Harrington. Barry from Grez Guitars. Felicity Who Makes the Annoying Memes. Tom Kelly. Pigsy. John O'Neill. Robert Carr. Hunter Hudson. Rob Stokes. Jordan from Poison Noises. Nick Spano. The Twang Kings. Sasha Sir. <laughs> what are you giggling about? The way you enunciated the Twang Kings. It's like a, it's like a circus entry act. I love it. <laughs> The Twang Kings, Sasha Sir, Jay Stratton, Seth Williford, Grumpy Mike, Harry Post, Mike Peace, and last but not least, Harvey Pedals. Fantastic. It's Thanks been everyone. so awesome. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, and thanks, Jake, for joining us. Love you. See me next week. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Chasing Dome podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, simply email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wamplerpedals.com. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcasts, also check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob, and make sure you check out WamplerPedals.com for blogs, videos, and of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and to get even more content, twice the amount of podcast episodes, simply check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash chasing tone podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.